Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Tuesday, September 6th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Royals today with beat writer Lynn Worthy, and the primary topic is the American League Rookie of the Year chances for infielder Bobby Witt Jr. Witt is having a terrific season, and his numbers, like reaching the 2020 mark, that's home runs and stolen bases, would have him at the top of consideration in many years. But there's another player, Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners, who's reached the same milepost and has some better numbers on his slash line. So how does Witt stack up? We talk about it on a show that started as a Sports Beat Live. Let's get started. Hey, good morning from uh, sunny Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, our weekly chat session about the Royals for the folks in the media who know them best and nobody knows them better than beat writer Lynn Worthy. He's here today. Um, Lynn just looks like you and I today, and uh, we'll, we'll get this, we'll power through, we'll get this done, and we'll be joined by Vahe and Sam next week. All the important people are here. They are, absolutely. Hey, uh, so we're presented by the University of Kansas Health System. You'll hear from them later in the show. And then I thought we'd do something today that uh, I don't think, if we've done it, I can't remember in previous shows, but I just want to talk about last night's game for a moment just to get things started. Interesting game for the Royals. 6-5 to five loss to the Cleveland Guardians at Kauffman Stadium in 10 innings. Royals wasted a, a good comeback in, in this game. Uh, but there are a few things about it that, that intrigued me, and it's going to lead to a couple of topics we're going to talk later about in the show. But uh, let's just – seems to me that when Brady Singer takes the mound for the Royals, uh, I'm lately I'm thinking, well, it's a good, good chance they'll win this game because he's done nothing but win games for the Royals over the last, I don't know, five, was it five or six starts that the Royals have won? Even though he didn't get the win in all of them, uh, the Royals just seem to rise to the occasion when Brady Singer starts. Yeah, he's, he's turned into um... – you know, a bit of a stopper for them. The guy that, you know, they, they had a couple of times where they had back-to-back losses or the beginnings of a streak. And uh, then they got to Singer, the Singer's day to throw. And that was the day that they sort of stopped it from turning into, you know, like last year they had a couple of streaks and went 11 games. And um, we know how some of those stretches last year just seemed to drag on and on. But this year uh, of late, particularly, Brady Singer has been the one to stop that. It's been, you know, it hasn't been, you know, Brad Keller before they moved him into the rotation. It hadn't been Zach Krenke. I mentioned those guys just because those are the more veteran guys, the guys who you would assume would be in that role. It's been Singer, who we forget sometimes wasn't in the rotation coming out of spring training, has been the guy that's been that uh, that mainstay, that that go-to to sort of get you guys, get the, the Royals back on track or back into the win column. Right, and so he gives up a couple of early runs, and the Royals fall behind two zip, and then Drew Waters steps to the plate and with a runner on first, and this is what happens uh, with Drew Waters. No sound, but that was Drew Waters going deep, hitting the ball into the into the Royals' bullpen, measured at 400 feet. 
I don't know what the exit velo is. I have I don't have that. I'm not used to seeing exit velo on my home runs. Uh, but what, 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 what was it? I actually, I think it was, if I remember correctly, I think it was 105 miles an hour. Like I want to say it was like 105.2. I'm not sure why that number sticks in my head, but I'm pretty sure that I remember looking that up last night. So first major league home run ties the game at two. And I thought, okay, this is, this is what the Royals do when Brady Singer pitches. They, they find a way to, to get it done, but it, it just didn't happen. Uh, the Indians came back and scored a couple of runs in their top half of the inning and went on to win the game. But so Drew, Drew Waters gets the home run and, and that's going to, that's, that, that, that's going to mean a cool extra hundred bucks for Drew. Tell us that story. Yeah. So after the game, um, asked Drew about, uh, you know, the, is the, the media group asked him about, you know, obviously the first one of the first questions is well, what, what went through your mind when you realized you got your first homer? And he just he just saw, gets this grin and goes, well, I'm thinking I got that hundred bucks from Zach Greinke. And we're like, what now? <laughs> I mean, and it wasn't like it was a, you know, a running thing that, uh, you know, was uh, known or anything like that. It was just something that I guess occurred between him and Zach, where Zach just sort of said to him, he said it was maybe the last homestand or, or maybe the one before that. Uh, I, well, yeah, it must've been the last homestand because Drew's only been up for about 13 games now. Um, where Zach said, yeah, I don't think you're going to hit a home run for the rest of the season. And they put a hundred dollars on it. And so, um, when Drew hit that home run, his first in the big leagues, uh, afterwards he said he, he wanted that home run ball, um, even more so than his first hit ball. He wanted the home run ball, and he wanted the $100, $100 from Zach Greinke. Um, and it was sort of funny as, you know, I mean, because 100 bucks, I mean, 100 bucks is not changing anything for, for Drew Waters, but just the fact that he won it off of Greinke, who said he wouldn't hit the home run, who I think was the, part, was the part that he was really happy about, was that he got to have something over the, you know, guy who's been in the majors for – you know, 19 seasons now and want to sign young and done all these things and said he couldn't do something. And so he did it. When I read your story about that and heard Drew Waters speak to it, I just thought that's, that's Zach Rinky being the, you know, just, just a pro, right. Uh, challenging the rookie right off the, uh, right. I'm sure it was the first day or so he was in the clubhouse and you know, gave, gave Drew Waters something to think about. Right. Uh, the one, yeah. Yeah, I was. I, 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 we were talking about it last night after the game in the press box, and I was like, you know, I'm not sure if it's one of those things where we want to give Zach too much credit, where it was like, ah, this was the mastermind game, motivator thing, or if it was just he looked at the guy who was 6'2", 185, and said, you ain't going to get one out of this ballpark. Uh, you know what I mean? Because I could believe either one. I mean, I, you, could, you could probably make a case either way that this was Zach, the old vet, you know, you know, seeing something in the kid and saying, ah, give him a little, little motivation. Or it was the, yeah, kid, you just ain't got, <laughs> you ain't got enough <laughs> juice to get it out of this ballpark, you know? So um, either way, Drew Waters will, will gladly take that hundo and, uh, and his home run ball and, and be smiling either ear about it. Hey, he came off a terrific pitcher, McKenzie for, the, for, for Cleveland. He's very good. And, but, but Waters had a nice at bat, the previous plate appearance, and with the double off a similar pitch that uh, from McKenzie, so looked like uh, Waters had a measured and, uh, and and finished the job in that in that in, in that plate appearance. I'm I'm trying to wean myself off of at bats plate appearance. Um, so uh, so a couple things else about it before we put the game away. Uh, I, I was just 
it's it spoke to um, the Royals bullpen a little bit too. That it's you know they're, they're you got to you know you just this is what the Royals are now bullpen wise. They're you know they're they're not gonna they're not gonna match Cleveland's bullpen, and uh, there are just some. Uh, as, as the Royals play out the string here, the final, what, three weeks of, of the regular season or so, of which they're going to play, not three weeks, about a month, really, and they're going to play Cleveland, what, 144 more times, I think, in this last month. Um, but uh, it, it's going to – Cleveland also in, in, a, in a pennant race, in a pennant chase, so obviously going to be motivated in a way that the Royals you know, aren't. Not to say the Royals aren't motivated. They've got so many rookies in the lineup all looking to – finish strong but anyway I, I guess a roundabout way of saying you know, Cleveland's a pretty good team don't you know just because they don't have one of the best records in the American League they are I believe still leading the division and um and, and Royals have a kind of a tough chore for the rest of the way don't they uh coming coming down the stretch yeah and I mean I, I should be pointed out, you know, like you mentioned, the bullpen. So Carlos Hernandez gave up the um, the two runs in the top of the 10th inning that ended up deciding the game. Um, but up until that point, when uh, so Singer made it through six, um, the next, you know, the guys that came in after that shut it down. I mean, I think it was uh, Colin Snyder, uh, Anthony Masevich, uh, and uh, Scott Barlow um, came in and, and locked it up. And then Hernandez, you know, you get that that 10th inning with the automatic runner. And then they decided to, to walk Jose Ramirez, who's just seemed to kill them in big spots, you know, for the last however many years. Um, and he got the first out and then he gave up this double that just sort of kept carrying off until it smacked off the wall in, uh, in center field um, and held it at those two runs. But I mean, it's, and, and, you know, we talked to, to Carlos and to Matheny after the game about that pitch. And it's like, it was a, a breaking ball below the zone first pitch that this guy just went out and got. Um, so it, it's one of those ones where it's, you know, I guess you just sort of tip the cap. But um, the bullpen has been been good of late. I mean, they, they were lights out, I think, at the end of that, um, that last series in Detroit. Um, you know, had three strong innings there at the end of the game. But um, depth, I mean, I think – I, I believe Dylan Coleman wasn't available yesterday and he'd been pitching really well lately, but he's also pitched, you know, a lot in the last couple of days. Um, so they're, they're still trying to figure out some things about that bullpen. Like it's not going to be the exact bullpen pro- that they go into next season with, but um, there's some, some different pieces there that they're trying to find out about whether it's, you know, Hernandez in that role or Brad Keller in that role, um, you know, Coleman starting to look like he could be a, a more of a counted on guy. Um, remember we got, uh, you're, you're talking about bullpen that earlier in the season relied on some guys who aren't really available right now, whether that's Josh Stallman on the IL or Taylor Clark on the IL. Um, so they're, um, the bullpen, you know, is always a year to year proposition putting together a bullpen, but they, they feel like they've got some pieces there. They're just trying to get a look at some guys right now and see how they might fit in those roles going forward. Yeah. Jake Prince is another one. Um, from from injured earlier this season. So, all right, let's do this. Uh, a couple other topics we need to get to, including uh, Bobby Witt's uh, American League Rookie of the Year chances and what's uh, what's coming, who's coming uh, available next, basically uh, from uh, the world of injury. But let's first take a break and hear from the University of Kansas Health System. March 4th, 2015, I got out of the shower. 
and felt a lump in my left breast. We were able to quickly uncover that she had two subtypes of breast cancer, each of them requiring separate and unique treatment plans. This is why you come to the University of Kansas Cancer Center. It is critical to be treated by a team of experts in that specific cancer type. If you don't start with us, I think you'll have more questions than answers. Why would you go anywhere else? Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says Start a Subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Back with Lynn Worthy on Sportsbeat Live. We're talking Royals baseball. And, Lynn, Royals are going to get some players back pretty soon, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, the aforementioned Zach Greinke is set to make his, um, his return from the IL on Wednesday, the series finale against Cleveland. Um, I think actually today is the day that he's eligible to come off the IL. The first day he's eligible to come off the IL. He'd been um, on the shelf with, uh, I think they just call it right form tightness. Um, he'd had a flexor strain earlier in the season that he had an IL stint for. Um, he came out of his last start in Tampa um, with just feeling a little bit of tightness in that that form after about four innings and been working through that. He had the IL stint, and he looks like he's going to be able to come back tomorrow, and they, they pencil him as the starter. Uh, haven't made that roster move yet, but um, I expect they'll probably wait till tomorrow before the game to do that. Um, and then uh, on rehab assignment, Vinny Pasquantino, um, who's actually eligible, you know, basically any day now they come off of the IL. He's, he's been eligible. They just they sent him on the rehab assignment with uh, AAA Omaha. And um, I believe that the plan, it sounded like he was at least probably still going to be there tonight um, playing with AAA Omaha, but um, he could be back, you know, in any day now. Um, and, of course, Edward Olivares is also on the rehab assignment. He, he was on the 60-day IL, so I think he still has more than a week before he can return. I want to say that, and I'm not looking at it, uh, I want to say it's like the 17th maybe is when he's eligible to come off of the IL, so you won't see him before then. He'll still keep doing his rehab assignment, but he's also down there with AAA Omaha um, getting back into the swing of things. He said that that was the second quad injury that um, he had this season. Um, and so he's, you know, when he's been healthy, he's been arguably one of their best hitters. Um, he just has been in and out as far as injuries this season. Um, and it was a shoulder with, uh, uh, Vinny. Um, I just, uh, realized I didn't mention that, but it was a shoulder issue that Vinny had been dealing with. And, um, again, he's, uh, probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back even before this homestand's done. Prada has been getting just about every inning at first base then, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's been he's been swinging it well. He was part of um, you know over the weekend um, they had the, they had the day where they made some major league history with four rookies homering in the in the same game, um, and he also had uh, I think during the road trip he had maybe three home runs. I'm trying to remember what the number was, but he's been two, two in a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's um, yeah, actually so it might have been I remember was it three or four I, um, starting to run together because you know he had. Bobby obviously um, had his home run. Uh, we're going to talk about, but yeah. Um, but yeah, he's um, 
he's been swinging it well. It seems like he's settled in a little bit. I know he had talked during the last homestand about making some adjustments. Um, so he's having, seems like, better at bats, even, you know, hitting well off with some tough lefties too. So um, it'll be interesting. You know, we've talked about it, it seems like, for the last couple of months, but as guys start to come back, juggling who's going to play, I mean, even right now, juggling who's going to play, whether it's, you know, um, Nate Eaton the other day on the road had a four-hit game and then wasn't in the starting lineup either of the two games since then. Um, obviously, you got a guy like Bobby who's, you know, who you can play at short and third, but then if Nicky's in the lineup and you, you want to put him at short um, and – or if he's in the lineup and you're trying to put uh, Bobby at short and Nicky's playing second, Michael Massey is maybe the odd man out and he's he's been looking uh, looking uh, strong at the plate here, um, you know, and his still his first taste of the majors. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts and they're going to continue to be moving parts as they bring more guys up. Indeed, indeed, um, which you know keeps should keep people interested in this team through the rest of the season. Just you know, it's not. I said earlier, I used the term playing out the string, and that's technically what they're doing. They're not they're not in the playoff chase. Um, but unlike previous, you know, teams that were headed for last or fourth and maybe barreling toward 100 losses, this one we look at with, uh, with, with you know, clarity on the future when, when it comes to more than a handful of players. You know, we, you see future Royals, on this, you know, in the lineup, out in the field, and on the mound, and uh, that's what to me keeps this season interesting. So, and of course, uh, the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say it reminds me too. Um, you know, you you, might, you mentioned past teams sort of barreling towards 100 losses uh, in 2019, the last year with Ned Yost as the manager. I remember him talking about just sort of looking forward, and at this point, he knew. He'd already announced he was, you know, he was retiring and he was just talking about the roster and talking about some of the young guys coming. And he's and now this is going back to 19. But um, I just remember him saying, he says, you know, it's going to get start to get tough. It's going to start to get tight as far as playing time and opportunities. Like it's going to it's going to start to get to be, you know, a battle for for um, for chances. Whereas, you know, back in 19, they were sort of able to run guys out there, you know, every day and just sort of let them play and, you know, just sort of let let what happens happens because they need to get looks at those guys and didn't, you know, wasn't anybody who was necessarily pushing certain guys at that time. And he was already looking ahead, saying, "You know, it's gonna, it's gonna get, cha- it's gonna change. It's gonna start to get tough for some of these guys." And um, I think we're starting to really see that now. You've maybe seen little bits of it the last couple of years, but now with a lot of the young guys and the homegrown guys all in, you know, a limited amount of spots, I think we're really starting to see that. Okay, and of course, Bobby Wood Jr. is one that is uh, foremost in our minds future star, current star, really, um, having a terrific rookie season. But when it comes to American League Rookie of the Year, there is at least one other player. Well, there's obviously one other player that has matched or exceeded Bobby Wood Jr. in several categories that, uh, that would be considered when people vote for AL Rookie of the Year. And, of course, we're talking about Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners. So, Lynn, just tell, tell us first how Rookie of the Year in the American and the National Leagues are determined. So that is that is actually voted on by the Baseball Writers Association of America. Uh, it's usually, I believe, it's two votes per each city, so American League City. So there would be two 
rotors from Kansas City, uh, as well as two rotors from each one of the uh, American League cities will get the vote. Um, it usually rotates. Uh, I know I don't have uh, an AL Rookie of the Year vote this this year, so don't blame me. <laughs> but um, and I'm not sure who does have it either. But uh, I just know that that's usually how it works. I think I, I voted for it. I want to say a couple of years ago, it might have been 19. I'm pretty sure it was the year that Alvarez from uh, Houston won it, and I'm pretty sure it was the unanimous one. So again, can't blame me on that one. Um, but um, yeah, so it's usually a, a couple of voters. It's going to be. Uh, people who've seen, you know, all the American League teams. National League doesn't vote on American League. American League doesn't vote on National League for those awards. So um, it's going to be the writers voting. Um, it was funny just uh, thinking about it, you know, because I want to say just thinking of Houston earlier this season when they were in, it might have been April or May or something like that. It was early in the year. At that point in time, Jeremy Pena, their shortstop, looked like he was the leading guy and looked like, you know, that Bobby might actually be running at least at that point behind him and um, Julio Rodriguez and Pena has sort of dropped off at this point, not, not way off, but just he's dropped below the, those guys, um, which, you know, for a young kid making his break into the big leagues, isn't, you know, unheard of. It's sort of, you know, it's almost more of the norm compared to what you see out of Julio and Bobby, you know, these guys who just keep going. And I mean, um, as much as, you know, Bobby's been outstanding, played, you know, shortstop and third base. Um, I think as of today, he's leading um, all major league rookies in, I want to say, RBIs. I had it up here at one point. Uh, I know it's RBIs, um, stolen bases. Um, he's three behind Rodriguez for home runs. Uh believe he's he might be tied for doubles now with uh, Michael Harris in the National League as far as this is just all rookies all together now um, I think they're yeah actually they're tied for second it's uh Adley Rushman um, actually leads in uh, uh, all of the major league rookies in doubles right now um, but I mean Bobby and um, Julio Rodriguez seem to be running neck and neck on most of these categories I mean I'm just you know, if there's ones, the, the big ones that you probably think of, whether it's, you know, old school batting average home runs, RBIs, um, it's Rodriguez wit seem to be one and one and two and um, stolen bases. And it, it just sort of flip flops. So Rodriguez has 23 homers with 20 um, Rodriguez, 67 RBIs. Wit's got 70, um, 26 stolen bases for wit. Rodriguez got 24. Uh, I think the the thing that probably puts Julio over the top, um, he he is leading a little bit in each one of the, like the slash line. He, he's batting, you know, um, not quite thirty points higher in batting average, but close to that. Um, more like forty on on base percentage, and like thirty on slugging percentage. And then Rodriguez has gotten the national attention because he was an All Star. His team's in a playoff chase. And he's a, a, a main reason for them having some of the success that they're having. So I think that's, you know, why he's probably more the likely front runner. But which should be getting attention for some of the things that he's doing. Well, I think I think at this point, Bobby Witt would have to have a, you know, incredible final few weeks of the season statistically to to change minds. Because I, I agree with you that Julio Rodriguez is the favorite now. But I think Bobby Witt is second and and I would be disappointed if he wasn't second in the voting for this. You mentioned the you're rattling off some of the numbers there and of course, you know, for, for Bobby Witt to be a 2020 guy, it just so happens in the same year, you know, 
you know, Bobby Witt became the fifth player, the fifth first-year player in Major League history uh, to be a 2020 guy, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, but but the second this season, right? Because Julio Rodriguez got there first. And uh, so you think you reach a statistical milestone like that, and you think that would be automatic uh, rookie of the year. Well, of the three previous players that reported 2020s in their first season, only one of them went on to win rookie of the year. That was, I had to write it down, um, uh, Marty Cordova for the Twins in 1995. The other two, interestingly enough, Ellis Burks for the Red Sox in 87. That was the year Mark McGuire was rookie of the year after when he hit his 40, I think 49 home runs. Kevin Seitz for the Royals actually was second in the voting that year. And in 1977, Mitchell Page for the Oakland A's, a 2020 guy, finished second in the rookie of the year voting to Eddie Murray, future Hall of Famer Eddie Murray. So 2020 is a heck of a season, doesn't guarantee rookie of the year. But in this case, I think, um, you know, unless Julio Rodriguez you know, suffers a season-ending injury or something, I don't, certainly don't wish that on him or, or anybody really, then it's – it's going to be Julio Rodriguez is the uh, he's certainly the front runner right now for rookie of the year, but doesn't diminish Bobby Witt's season at all. And even on a night like Monday, where he, I don't think he picked, I don't think he had a base hit, but he had a heck of a defensive play that diving, uh, that that diving snare and and, and the throw to first, um, which was the second day in a row he had an incredible defensive play. And this is a guy that doesn't have the great defensive numbers, but certainly knows how to turn in a highlight reel defensive play and yesterday hustled on the air, you know, going from second to third on a, um, on an error and ended up scoring on a sacrifice fly and his hustle, you know, got that run for the Royals. It made it four to three. So he's just doing so many things. Well, I wish he could put a few more points on his batting average over the final few weeks of the season, but no, he's setting himself up for, you know, a, a, a great major league career. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things that I know I've pointed out before when everybody wanted to sort of rush him to to the big leagues. But I also think we need to point it out now and, you know, putting in context what he has done in his first season is that he had one full season of minor league baseball. He had that year that he got drafted and played less than 40 games at rookie ball. And then you had the pandemic year where he was in, you know, big league spring training 2.0 and then at the alternate site. And then he had last year, and that's that's been his entire you know professional baseball experience up until this year. And last year was a tremendous season. Last year was a 30-30 season in the minors, um, and I think was uh, uh or well to remember I think it was uh it was one short yeah that's right yeah it was it was it was one short of um like a, a 30-30-30. I think it was um <laughs> like he had a, I think it was it was thirty home runs and 30 doubles, but I think he got a stolen base wiped away because of a game that got rescheduled or a game that got um, rained out before it got to the fifth inning. So he was, right. you know, looking at a 30-30-30 season in his only full minor league season last year. And he wasn't doing that at, you know, rookie league or low A. That was double A, triple A is where he put those numbers up. Um, was minor league baseball uh, player of the year for Baseball America and USA Today. So, I mean, he had a tremendous season. But he had one season of professional baseball, starts opening day at third base as, the, you know, MLB.com's anointed top prospect and former number two overall pick. And he's, you know, he's performed, uh, I think, exceptionally well for 
um, you know, in that context and also just, you know, um, in considering he's a rookie and uh, 22 years old uh, playing every day in the big leagues. And he drove in the winning run on that opening day as well with that, with that double down the line. And just coming up, you, you, know, you mentioned the, you know, part of the, he was one of the four rookies that, that hit home runs in Detroit on, I believe it was Saturday to uh, the first time in major league history that four rookies uh, hit a home run for a team in the same game and you know, got his 2020, got the game winning RBI on Sunday in the three to two win at Detroit to help the Royals win the series. And I believe he's second is it with 24 uh, game with the stat we used to call game winning RBIs. I don't know if we call it that anymore. Go ahead RBIs, whatever it is. Um, uh, he's, he has number, he's number two in the majors in that department. So an outstanding, he's, he may not be rookie of the year, but he is, I think he's lived up to, a lot of expectations and we've got a few more weeks to talk about him and the rest of this rookie class for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, but we're going to wrap it up today and thank the University of Kansas Health System for presenting this show. Thanks to Lynn Worthy for his insights on the Royals. Thanks to Monty Davis for producing today's show. And we are talking Royals every week with you until the season ends. Please continue to join us every Tuesday. Have a good day. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, George Howard, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A salute to our sponsor, the University of Kansas Health System. And a tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy for sharing his Royals insights. Morning Sports Edition rolls on. 36 pages today. The Royals, the Chiefs, U.S. Open Tennis, College Football, you name it. It was covered in Morning Sports Edition. For more information, go to Live Edition dot kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC.